Did things change in Denver only to stay the same? What NFC South stud might be incredibly undervalued even after a banner 2015? And whose repaired labrum is causing him to drop in FFPC satellite drafts? Plus, 2015 FFPC Dynasty 500 number 14 champion Brian Valenti joins us to discuss what stood out to him in this year's FFPC rookie free agent drafts, the changes he's made in strategy over the past few years, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Salutations to all the Baltaholics and Gerzak and Addicts listening in. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is St. Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll chat about the Adam Gase effect on Ryan Tannehill, what tight end is doing his best Jordan Reed impression, and we'll talk to Brian Valenti, the defending champion in the Fantasy Football Players Championship 500 number 14 Dynasty League, about why he swapped Dante Moncrief, blowing up and rebuilding cash-winning Dynasty teams, and some of his redraft advice as well. Shout out to everybody hanging out in the chat room. Uh, Feel free to post any questions you guys might have in there. On Twitter, we are at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And if you want to give us a call tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Our inbox is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions, now is the time to get it to us. Our mutual friend and producer, Rob, and our audio engineer, Bryce, will get those to us later on in the fantasy feedback segment in the show. Dave, I want to bring something up tonight as a young parent or as a parent of a young kid finding Nemo was on the other night. Did you ever see this movie? Uh, yes, I've seen it. I've also ridden the ride about a hundred times in Epcot. Okay. So you're the perfect person to ask this question. For the mandate. Never saw it before in my life. It was on ABC the other night. And, um, was it the, um, was it the uncut version? Yeah, it's, it was, it was raw. I mean, all sorts <laughs> of kind of fish orgies and just, nice. it was, yeah, it was awful. That's a good one. Anyway. So my son and I are watching this and I had never seen it. And, so he, he loved it, and, and he, we finished it last night. We watched it in like three segments, and I looked at him at the, on the couch at the end of the movie, and he said he was smiling, and he looked at me, and he's like, wow, that was a really good show. Nice. And this is one of my wife's favorite movies of all time. Right. Now, we kind of missed the opening scene the first time we watched it, and we re- started rewatching it again tonight, so he saw the whole first scene. And then, so right, you know, when, when Marlon is telling Nemo, I'll never let anything bad happen to you, and then the credits start to roll, he turns to me and he says, what happened? How do you explain that? You don't remember the first scene? Yeah. I, I didn't know what to say. 
I was totally caught off guard. I started and stopped like three different times. So you didn't, yeah, you didn't know. I that. didn't know it. I eventually, <laughs> I told them there was a mean fish that came by and tried to like chase them all away. And I don't even know if that worked out, but fish die, son. Yeah, Those I didn't. People. I did. See, I said I didn't want to keep me. He's two and a half years old. I don't want to broach that subject. So that was my night. Yeah, great. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, you well, seem kind of peppy tonight. Do I? Yeah, like you were, you know, a little. Sh- you're kind of sharp. Like you uh, had an afternoon coffee or something. Oh, you know, I did have an extra cup of coffee today. See, there you go. So that that's probably it. Um, you know, there's a lot of listeners out there that are tuning in right now. That are like, you know what? I have a lot of energy, like bulky. How do I channel this? Well, let me tell you. Go to myffpc.com. <laughs> Check out the main event because the early, the early bird deadline is Memorial Day and a happy earlier Memorial Day, everybody in this Memorial Day weekend show. That's the best possible time. To schedule an early bird to end is when everyone's traveling and going away for the weekend. Well, that was we're really smart. That's sort of what our intention was. I think uh, next year we're uh, we're going to have it um, uh, at, an, at an undetermined date, and we're not even going to tell anybody. Yeah, we'll I think that's sort of the next step up. That's probably almost as bad. Monday night at midnight Pacific is when you will miss out on your chance to save a hundred bucks on your main event team, as well as get a free night stay in Vegas. Check that out at myffpc.com. You only have a few days left to take advantage of both. Uh, and uh, while you're there, why not sign up for one of the 250 Dynasty startups, or the main, or excuse me, or the online satellite leagues, or the Football Guys Players Championship? Um, you can actually sign up for the live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour draft that we're going to be um, covering mm. on August 5th. Yeah, so you just actually scheduled that officially, or put the name, yeah. put the name on it. Yeah. Um, How many teams are left, or whatever? I, I have I have not checked, but I I privately emailed some people who were in it last year who were asking me about the date, so I'm publicly releasing it now. <laughs> Everybody got the uh, the go ahead on that, so if I'm they sure it'll fill during the show. Oh, no doubt, no doubt it will. Uh, given the the ravenous uh, fantasy football players we have in here, how many people are signed up for it? Do you have it up? When August one, fifth. Number 3152, I think it is, <laughs> at 9 p.m. Eastern time, which will be going on an hour early that night. Okay, well, 3152, there's no special label on here. Yeah, I thought you had emailed me back and you fixed it. I didn't, I didn't fix anything. <laughs> okay. I thought you said you did it. Yeah, and then I took it off because I screwed up the join button on it. So then I, I took it back. I, I'll take care of it right now. Okay, this good. is the worst. Yeah, but this is – let's peek behind the curtains of how the FFPC runs here. Falky, let me take care of that. That's you, awesome. I never let you do that in the first Well, time. I certainly appreciate it. So anyway, uh, Dave is fixing it right now. If you want to sign up and draft live on the show, this, that will be the last public draft we have on the show this, uh, this season. We'll obviously cover the pros versus Joes, but those are by invite, you know, based on if you sign up for your a main event team and then you get lucky in the, in the drawing, um, you can still be in that one and be on the show. But if you want to, uh, be on the show, and, and we always encourage people to call in. We'll do an interview with you about your team, and, and uh, that's always fun. So that's August 5th, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Saddle up and ride. Don't do 11 left, Balky. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I, I'm glad I emailed out all those <laughs> private emails. Who's, who's this jerk? <laughs> Thanks to uh, Football Guys and Rob for tonight's rundown. Seahawks.com, the great journalists there, report that Thomas Rawls could be ready by week one. Uh, this, uh, according to a quote from Pete Carroll, remember Thomas Rawls broke his ankle late in the season last year. C.J. Procise was the big draft pick. Uh, they also have Kristen Michael they signed, and Alex Collins was a fifth-round draft pick as well. So a lot of guys there. And you know what? Another running back that could be gumming up the works there hmm. hasn't officially filed his retirement papers, oh, yeah. has been hinting to teammates he might come back. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. I think that uh, if you're in like a – 77 or 35 or 250 or something that's going on right now, 28 rounds long. 
might not be the worst idea in the world to use a late pick on Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if you can roster him in 20 teams, right? 20 team, uh, excuse me, 20 man rostered leagues right now. I think you should. Really? Yeah, go late, take a shot. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think two of like dynasty rookie drafts. I think fourth rounder, take a shot. Really? Wow. Why not one year get a rental? I mean, if nothing else, just cut him. Yeah. Who else are you gonna take? um, The thing is, you know, like Paxton Lynch or Tyler Higby or some other guy. Right. When do you have to Ricardo Lewis? When do you have to cut down? You sound like Ehrlich from Silicon Valley. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like Tyler Higby, (laughs) Ricardo Lewis. Um, Anyway, going for. Well, congratulations. When do you have to cut down in FFPC Dynasty? Is it the week before the season starts? Like yeah, the yeah. Wednesday or something before? Yeah, it's something like that. So, I always have to look it up, too, as it gets closer. Okay, so, again, if, Way you, before if you want to draft Marshawn Lynch in, like, the fourth, fifth round of your rookie drafts, you're going to have to be able to be willing to keep him on after that. You know what I mean? Because he probably won't have made a decision by then. Yeah, he will. Oh, I don't think so at all. Oh, whatever. I think that I think we could be talking like October, November. He just tells Seattle, you know what, I'm back. Now you're just being silly. Really? Yeah. So you think that the decision of Marshawn Lynch, whether he comes back or not, is a mid-August decision for him? Yes, I'm willing to put five on that too. What? What? Give me a date. Oh yeah, let's do that. If so, only if he comes back, or you know, like if he doesn't come back at all. Then there's yeah, like, we, we have to have some sort of... Cause I he think, has to come back, but then you give me the date in which he comes back, and I'll take, I'll take the earlier then date, 20th. Okay, August, okay, so this is... Okay, Rob, make sure you're writing like this one down. From you. I'll, you know what, I'll, make, I'll give you three more days, Bucky. August 17th. Okay. If Marshawn Lynch decides to come back, yeah. I have five on it happening um, yeah. after August 17th. And I have it happening before August 17th. Play the, play the clip. And if he never comes back, then the bet's off. Right. To play. I got five on it. Wonderful. Marshawn Lynch, uh, August So back to this news. 17th. Thomas Rawls could <coughs> be ready week one. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, could is no good. Could sucks. Should, will be. How about will be? I mean, could is bad. So, and, you know, they drafted ProSize, and then Michael's running with the ones right now. I don't, wouldn't feel very good if I was a Rawls owner at this point. Um, a fractured I think, ankle, I mean, and that's all, I mean, it takes a long time to recover from, but I mean, when they, when they say could be ready for week one, that always just seems like that's another recipe for getting hurt or you just don't get back in time. Doesn't it seem like to you, like people who thought they were hitting the lottery in getting Thomas Rawls, Jeremy Langford, Matt Jones, guys like that, even Jay Ajayi to a certain standpoint are kind of like, oh, maybe I need to survive a little bit more after the draft. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you see the next Zach Stacy is the question. Yeah. Uh, Langford is, not, everybody's talking about Jordan Howard. Yeah. Um, Arian Foster is going to screw up somebody at some point. Probably could be New England too. Could although be my, could be Miami. That well, that's that. I would say that Miami is probably the that Ajayi owner should be most concerned about that. Right. So, Denver, their quarterback competition is officially open, according to Troy Rank from the Denver Post. Now open. Yeah, Gary Kubiak uh, says that everything's open in OTAs right now. Mark Sanchez's uh, experience uh, apparently giving him the edge over Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch despite Mark Sanchez not having started a season opener in four years. Um, so you look at uh, this quarterback quagmire in Denver, Dave. Everybody's talking about all the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. No Peyton Manning. No Brock Osweiler. Uh, Manning was terrible last year. Right, yes. and that's sort of my point. Yeah, Osweiler wasn't all that great either. Exactly. So why are we talking about fantasy values of Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders? Maybe they're the exact same as they were last year. I mean, could, can Sanchez and Lynch really make it any worse than Thomas and Sanders had it last year? They could, yes. But I they, don't know if that's necessarily true. They could be worse. It's going to be tough to be worse than Manning was last year. And even Osweiler, when he was in, he was all, he was all right. But it seemed like 
the the team at that point was just revolving around the defense and running game. Right. Yeah. Which I think that is going to happen again this year. But I think that maybe the the um, supposition that Thomas and Sanders are going to disappoint this year maybe a little bit overblown. I agree with that. I think they're getting a little bit devalued. Although Demarius Thomas, he still goes pretty early. I mean, even Sanders doesn't go that late. More freedom for Ryan Tannehill from uh, Barry Jackson's report in the Miami Herald. Uh, Ryan Tannehill said that uh, the Dolphins, they're going to mix things up with Adam Gase in charge this year. He says there's more variability and versatility under Gase. God, I couldn't have seen that coming when you go from Joe Philbin to Adam Gase uh, and Bill Lazor, obviously. Tannehill will be adjusting more on the fly. He's made some strides, Dave. Still not the most accurate guy in the world. Still makes some mistakes. But Gase's offense... Exciting. He's a smart guy. They got a lot of weapons there. I love Ryan Tannehill this year. I was actually talking about this on the Fantasy Sports Network. We were talking about Ryan Tannehill. I said, yeah, I think he's going to have a top 10 season. I don't, I don't, top 10? Yeah, I don't think it's very – I think that's, that's as close to a lock as you can get without it actually being a lock. Well, yeah, I was unintentionally doing show prep tonight because I was just running a road of his article, actually, yeah. about Tannehill. He's the 21st quarterback off the board. Way too late. For the ADP. Uh, 10th. Wow. That's yeah, top 10 season, man. I'm telling you. And if you want to put five on that, I'd be more than happy Fine, I'll to. Take, I'll take five on Tannehill being 11th so, or worse. 11th or worse. Sure. I have Ryan Tannehill first through 10th this year. I got five on it. I got five on the I got years. five on it. Yeah, just, this is, you know, our show is going to have to get a regulatory license here pretty quick, Dave. <laughs> like, we're going to have to be paying registration fees if we keep these this betting up. Yeah, no doubt. Tannehill. We have, we have a question from the chat room, Valky. Fire away, Dave. This is from Rollbama Tide. I've been in some DE leagues and I've seen Leonte Carew go as early as the 12th round and as low as going undrafted, which is crazy. I don't believe I've seen many other players with that range of possible draft options. What is your opinion of Carew and where would you feel comfortable drafting him? You know, this question is much better than most of the ones you get from the tweets. Uh, emails. We yeah, don't get a whole lot of tweet questions. Oh, whatever. But unless it's two packers. Plus, that would be much longer than the number of characters allotted. But. That's true. So. And as Mino Brown said, I, he's, he just asked his biggest fan. I'm a big fan of Leonte Crew. Uh, I've been drafting him, and I drafted him in five out of eight dynasty leagues. And the one, you know, Carrington, I'm not going to get him in because I don't have, a, I have that an early pick. And well, I don't, don't say, I mean, you could wheel and deal. You don't know that. I'm going to keep probably take Elliott. So anyway, so. Well, I'm not saying that you can one on one, but you could move back into the late first to grab him if you want. Technically, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, going. He's talking more about redraft leagues, right. and I think it, it's because. People just don't see a path for playing time for him, which actually I think they should because all he has to do is beat out Kenny Stills to play on the outside and be starting. Um, my opinion of him is he's a, he's an Anquan Bolden type, is that he's, he's six foot two eleven, four five speed. He dropped, I think, two or three balls in his entire college career, and he's got a badass attitude, which I, I like. Right. So, um, I, guy. I think he's really talented. I like him yeah. a lot, actually. He did have a domestic problem, so, you know, boo on him for that. Right. So. Um, okay. So you're right about him starting on the outside if he beats out Kenny Stills. Let's say he does. Yep. He's still third in the pecking order for targets in Miami. Yeah. Behind Landry, who's going to catch 100 passes, and behind Devontae Parker, who's playing the Demarius Thomas role in Gase's offense, who is going to crush it this year, and I've already said that several times. Well, you could possibly be wrong, by the way. Yeah, let's snap back to reality. When have I ever been wrong before? Landry's not going to get as many targets. If Carew's doing well, he'll be getting plenty of targets. Yeah, I mean. If yeah. a new offense, new offensive coordinator. Plus, Tannehill, I just heard recently, is going to be a top-ten quarterback. That's true. And you know what? Well, there you go. Landry's going to catch 100 passes. 
Uh, Parker's <laughs> going to catch 15 touchdowns, and Ajayi's going to be MVP. So where, where does that leave? Uh, where does that leave Carew? Uh, I am not as bullish on Carew as you. Um, I would look at him uh, as a, you know, maybe a sixth wide receiver on my team. Um, but uh, you In know, redraft, I get it. But, that, but that's what he's talking about. You know no, what I mean? I know, I know, yeah. So I, 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 yeah, for Dynasty, who knows? I, I mean, well, I love him in Dynasty. Dynasty, draft for the talent. Don't worry about the opportunity necessarily. And once again, I, this is always a big factor for me for Dynasty, whether it's right or wrong. I always think it's a big deal when a team trades up. And yeah. Miami only gave up a sixth rounder this year, but they did give up a third and a fourth for next year. And they said that Crew is their number two wide receiver on their, um, on their overall board. So right. Pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, again, a little bit of a weaker wide receiver class. There, nobody, really, nobody really separated themselves. Yeah, but um, still, you know. I have uh, to call BS on this next report, but apparently John Glennon from the Tennessean says DeMarco Murray looks explosive. Oh, yeah. I really have a hard time believing that. He was but, explosive in 2014. Why, what, you know? Apparently Mike Malarkey and Marcus Mariota both had a lot of great stuff to say about DeMarco Murray. He's going to be He's going to be competing with Derrick Henry this year. What's your thoughts on DeMarco Murray in Tennessee? Um, eh, I, you know, I, fifth round. You like him in the fifth round? Sure. Fourth round? Um, sure. I think I could Where maybe. Where is he getting drafted? I have no idea. I mean, I would say like late fourth, early fifth, right, right around there. Yeah, why not? I mean, the thing is, you know, Tennessee's going to score some touchdowns. Mariota second year. Use Mariota, a, Mariota. Use whatever. a second-round pick on Derrick Henry, though, Dave. You use a second-round pick on Derrick Henry, though. I, I just, He's still kind of the backup, and he'll get some care, but I'm not as worried about that. Okay, well, I, I am again, I am not as bullish on DeMarco Murray as you, and you're not even that bullish. You're just kind of like, eh, whatever. I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, is it time for our guest? Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, well, before we do, let's just send it to a quick break. We're going to be right back after this with FFPC 500 number 14 Dynasty champ Brian Valenti coming up right after this. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming at you with tonight's guest. I want to bring him in right now. He actually started playing fantasy football 20 years ago, keeping score out of a newspaper. Ran many home leagues, but he says he always wanted more. He started playing Dynasty three years ago with the Fantasy Football Players Championship, and he really liked it. Now that's really what he says he concentrates on and enjoys. He usually does one or two startups a year and has six FFPC Dynasty teams right now. One of those teams was the winner of the 2015 500 number 14 league. Please welcome into the show, Brian Valenti. Brian, happy Memorial Day, my friend. Hey, God bless America, guys. How's it going? God bless America, indeed. It's going great. Maybe that's why I'm peppy tonight, Dave. Coffee and Memorial Day. There you go. Brian, well, I'm, you, I'm doing you, beers, not coffee, but okay, well, <laughs> we that's, celebrate that's probably, in different ways. I plan on doing plenty of that on, on Monday for sure. What do, you, what do you normally do for Memorial Day, Brian? Uh, usually a, a barbecue. Uh, we belong to a pool club, so we kind of go down there with the kids and the fam, hang out there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Better than my what I'm doing. A lot. What well, are you what doing? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Not doing anything. That's the best kind of thing to do. Do you live close That's to true. Apples Get to hang out in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, I can probably I can fire up the grill. I'm sure. Hey, <laughs> there you um, go. For uh, for anybody who's um, watching or you know quote unquote watching the show on BlogTalkRadio.com or if anybody saw the post on uh on the ffpc message boards about brian being on the show tonight you can actually see a picture of brian uh both on the boards and, and on the show scroll 
Uh, Brian's on the left in that picture. His co-manager for these uh, FFPC teams, including the 500 number 14 championship team, is uh, Alex Joyce. He's pictured on the right in there. But, Brian, you actually said you had an interesting story about that specific photo. Tell us about that. Yes, you can't really tell from the background, but what we're doing during that picture is actually trying to drink around the world at Epcot Center. We were at a... uh, Yeah. We were, Go ahead. You know, and we were yeah. we were at a, a little of a of a conference. We both do the same type of work, um, and we were in Disney, and everybody thought it would be a good idea. So we had about a dozen people try to drink around the world. See, now it sounds like family, a great yeah. idea. You like ahead, think Brian, it's sorry. it's uh, sorry about that, um, and you think it's it's really awesome, but you know, uh, it it costs 120 bucks just to get into Epcot. <laughs> and then you kind of have to go around, and there's not even any bars. There's probably like two bars for every country, you know, uh, probably a dozen countries and probably two bars throughout the whole entire thing. So it's it's sort of inefficient. <laughs> so did you guys go to – do you spend all your time go back to Germany and just go to the beer garden there? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, actually the best place was England because that was where you first started, and that actually had the pub. And then everything oh, yeah. else really was just, you know, uh, stands and stuff like that. It was very disappointing. <laughs> and when we were driving back to the uh, airport and we got in with the Uber guy, he just started laughing with, at us that we, we were so proud of ourselves that we kind of made it around. And he's like, you guys are the dumbest people we've ever met. Um, <laughs> basically, I guess there's another place somewhere else that has all the countries that you can walk in for free. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's pretty fun. Yeah, but everybody does it that way. Be unique. The road That's less true. traveled. That's I true. like it. That's true. Dave, I, Dave, have you ever have you ever done that before in Epcot? No, you, I'm, that's why I was mad. Is I'm just I was going to say I go with my family and my wife doesn't drink at all. And your yeah. kids are raging alcoholics. My kids have problems. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 in treatment. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, so well, I, you, I drink, my wife judges me though. So it's like <laughs> if I if I even like give give a second look to like you know even the the, the stupid like. Orange margarita, fake margarita thing in France. She's like, oh, I don't have that for her. I'm like, I don't know. Well, it's there's like, nothing Ooh. better for a, for a child than to do a wine tasting in Italy. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, well, I think they're the ones who actually introduced you to it, Dave, with the wine tasting. <laughs> like, you know, your kid's like, you know, I, I just let me get some cotton candy and then we'll get some cab. And then you're like, all right, fine. Let's see, they do have wine. Yeah. Food and wine festival is awesome, too, by the way. Then they have a lot more alcoholic options. Yeah. Anyway, off, oh, we're getting off Disney. Brian, Good tell stuff. us what you do for a living when you're not playing fantasy sports. I'm actually a financial planner. Um, I do financial planning for uh, actually public school teachers uh, in my area. So, and Alex and I basically do the same same thing. That's actually how we met. That's nice. it's, it's tying in the best of both worlds here for the show, Dave, because you love grilling financial planners, and I happen to be married to a public school teacher. So you, you ah, put them in any, like, we'll commodities. We'll exchange numbers later. <laughs> do you put them into commodities or any risky type 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 of deals? Well, what we do, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to bore everybody, but it's like mutual funds. So it's, a, yeah, you're, you're in with some risk stuff. Diversified. Yep. Div- diversified, diversified, diversified. Yeah. Oh, Amen. Yeah. Um, Brian, what, I, I uh, wanted to give you the opportunity here. You, I, and, and I actually, I wanted, I think we should actually start a segment on the show for each guest <laughs> to come on and say, and we'll just have like, we'll have some sort of production for it. Bones to pick with Dave. Bones to that might, to that, that actually could be long running. I don't know. It, it might be, and we might have to have a separate spinoff podcast for it. We're going to allow you the opportunity to take your case right to the <laughs> dizzle right now. Maybe I could be the host. 
But Dave, uh, you know, we've, we've emailed back and forth many times. Um, and actually, Dave was nice enough after my first year in Dynasty, uh, a bunch of guys from, from a league, we did 11, um, wanted to, uh, you know, put together a league. And, you know, Dave did his normal thing where he, you know, puts up on the, on the forum, you know, no more new Dynasty teams. Meanwhile, you know, two hours hey, later, there's, you know, <laughs> there's about 500. And, you know, now there's the 250. I mean, he's just nonstop. So, um, we, we came to him and, you know, we decided that, you know, we, re- we really wanted to cobble together a, a private league and Dave was nice enough to uh, open up a private league for us. Um, the problem was that we can only get to 11 and Dave, you know, was, you know, we went back and forth and, and, we, and somebody reached out to Dave and said, you know, hey, you know, do you have a 12th? And instead of saying, yeah, we got bulky, you know, or I'll do it, you know who we get? Dave, you know who we got? Two Packer. Two Packer. Oh my God! No, that's 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 fantastic. I I don't know. I don't know. I think I think everybody in the league should get some compensatory picks, or uh, you know, or at least pay for the future first or something next year. Yeah, he's bragging about his team all the time. He when it sucks, right? When did this happen, Dave? When when did this when did this league happen? Last year. Last year. Okay. Yeah. No, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He actually, Eric, he said he said he's still waiting on a stoop for you to come and plant his flowers. Yeah, you know, he's, I don't know, it, Meyer is just too, I've never had anybody that is into my social media as much as Tupacker. <laughs> I check in on Swarm, he's commenting on that, he, he's posting on my Facebook constantly, and usually has something to do with yard work, like me trying to trick me to come over to do yard work, but yeah, I just, I gotta get over there. He was talking, he was picking up steaks tonight because he said I was gonna be tired from all the mulch I had to lay down, so <laughs> it's, I, you know, apparently I had my Memorial Day weekend planned out. Oh, you had Monday. it planned out? Yeah, planting flowers yeah. with Tupac, that's, that's yeah, really that, where I want to be. Podcast. That's a podcast. Right <laughs> he actually uh, put a put a trade offer in my box, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, and uh, Allen Robinson for for his Todd Gurley, and I, I just thought I'd ask your advice. He said for the podcast, I could hit accept. Boy, I would. So so it was. He gives up. He gives. I would up, take a Rob. He gives up Gurley. And you? Oh, yeah, I would not accept. Yeah, that, no, Allen no, Robinson no, and DeAndre Hopkins just to kick it off. That's a hard pass. That's a hard yes. pass on that one. Uh, well, okay, well, let's talk about one of your uh, dynasty teams that experienced a lot of success last year, uh, the 500 number 14. Uh, you and Alex actually took that league down. Your, uh, your top running back from last year, Devontae Freeman, obviously coming off an insanely productive year with a uh, bad second half in 2015, though. Did most of his damage the first half of the season. Having Coleman breathing down his neck, the Falcons uh, coaching staff saying that they want to get him more involved. What sort of a year do you envision for Freeman in 2016? You know, I think it's going to be a good one. I think he's still can, he can still be a top 10 back. Um, in all honesty, you know, in this league, um, we still own Tevin Coleman as well. So I like Tevin uh, last year coming out. I actually traded up in the rookie uh, draft last year to the 110 to get him from the 2-3. Um, and uh, I, I really think he, you know, he still could be productive. But if you look at the number of touches, even if you go, you know, where last year was basically 80-20 uh, for, for Freeman, um, even if it goes 60-40, he's still a top 10 back. So I think, he, he, you know, he showed his, his pass-catching chops. I mean, I, I was shocked when I started looking at the numbers. Like, Tevin Coleman only caught two passes last year, um, you know, and, and Freeman caught 73. So, I mean, I think that's what uh, got him up to the number one spot uh, in PPR. Um, and, but I think even if he goes down to 60-40 uh, in that offense, I think he's proved his chops. Um, you know, last year uh, or two years ago when I drafted him, 
you know, I was excited to see him on the field. Uh, you know, I liked the tape. And then, um, you know, he looked a little sluggish. I guess he was just kind of trying to get, get his bearings and, and everything. And, and we were, you know, I was kind of a King Cavalier, uh, you know, type of strategy with this team so I could be patient with him. And, you know, Alex and I actually had a lot of discussions about, about cutting him, you know, that first year through, uh, through 2014. But uh, luckily we stuck with him, and, uh, and he's definitely paid a lot of dividends. You know, but to have uh, Tevin be behind him um, and not have to worry about it is is actually a, a really nice luxury. That is sweet. Tevin Coleman, man. I uh, I don't mind him, but yeah, like he, I think your point is, is very good. I like Freeman a lot this year, Bucky. What do you think? Yeah, you know, initially I was, I was kind of like, you look at Freeman, it's just like, oh my gosh, what are the chances he has that kind of year again? Because he put up just an insane yep. amount of points. But then I'm like, well, he doesn't really have to put up that much, that many points again to be really productive. You know what I mean? And I, and I feel like for him finishing as far and away as the number running back last year, to get him in like the second or third round this year, I, that's, I have no problem. And, and this is, listen, I don't plan on drafting him because I plan on getting receivers that, at that point. But if I'm looking at a running back, I have no problem taking Don't pish me on that. I don't know why you poo-poo that. What, what's so wrong with me saying that I want to take receivers in the first three rounds, first four rounds, whatever it is? But if I am taking a running back, I have no qualms taking Vontae Freeman at that, that point. Yeah, All agreed. Right. I mean, he's, I, mean he, I think he's proven that he can do it. I mean, is there going to be regression? I think there's no doubt. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked. if. I mean, it's hard to, to stay at number one, um, and very few do. So, I mean, I think the regression's coming. But if it's going to stay in the top ten, I think he's worth a shot. Um, I, I agree with you, Eric, though. I think, you know, you got, you got to take wide receiver. I always err to that, to that side. You know, and I'll say this, if Devontae Freeman does somehow duplicate what he did in 2015 this coming season, he is going to set the NFL record for quote-unquote random drug tests in the offseason. <laughs> I, I just, I, and seriously, he, there's no way, no way that he duplicates or comes close to duplicating what he did last year. Could, could have an awesome year, could have be a top three season, won't be his 2015. Dave, go ahead. <laughs> All right, let's get past uh, Freeman here. <laughs> So, uh, Brian, one of the deals you made in the offseason was to swap two first-round picks this year. I'm going to need a little more explanation about this because this question okay, well, is no, they, Okay, there's going to be a lot of explanation, but go on. All right, so All right, perfect. Perfect, great. I don't have to talk so much then. <laughs> yeah. Swap two first-round picks this year and Dante Moncrief in exchange for a second round this season and Jordan Reed. Tell us a little bit more about the trade because that question doesn't make any sense and why you made the trade in general. Okay. Um, you know, this team, again, uh, was a King Cavalier team, we, you know, that we, that we did. And, we, and we're basically, I mean, what I feel is pretty stacked. I didn't think we were going to compete, actually, in the second year. I thought we might, you know, we might make the playoffs. But uh, we jumped up pretty good uh, last year. And, uh, you know, we had, we had the 1-2 the and the 1-3 last year in the rookie draft. Um, we took, uh, you know, we took Gurley. Um, and, uh, and I didn't think our running backs were going to be, were going to be that good, but now, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty full on running backs. We have Lat Murray who, uh, who, who knows where he's going to land. Uh, you know, I've been sort of trying to sell him, but you know, I can't get enough for him. And I think pretty much that's, that's across the board. Um, you know, Lamar Miller, uh, Gurley had just got Zeke cause we had the one, one, um, and, uh, and I, I, blanking on the, on the last one. Um, but you know, we're, we're pretty solid. So it was kind of a position of strength. Um, and, and we're, and we have, uh, Odell Beckham, Landry, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Um, so we felt like we, we are one of our weaknesses last year was tight end. We, we basically got through the season with Ben Watson as our number one. 
um, and won it. So we were pretty excited about that, but you know we we wanted to uh, basically upgrade heavily at the tight end. We we went in to the off season. We had the one one, the one three, the one eleven, and the one twelve. Um, I was actually at a Knicks game when this trade went down, um, <laughs> and uh, the guy the guy had put on the board that he you know Jordan Reed was was up. I, you know I'm not a big tight end guy. I know it's tight end premium. I don't put a lot of stock in it. I mean, I, I don't go crazy. I don't like to spend a lot of capital on it. I'm not going to pay Gronk prices. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, throw three or four 17 firsts at it. Um, I, I just don't think it's worth it in the long run. Um, Cause I think you leave your cover bare. So I, I thought, you know, to get the second or third guy, when we have four firsts already in a weak draft class, what I assume to be a weak draft class, and I had Moncrief sitting there who can't even get in my starting lineup. And I know that there, was, there were a lot of people who were, who were getting high on him, um, which was interesting because, you know, last year I remember being in a startup and I, could, and I couldn't convince my, one of my co-owners to, to take him in the 15th round. But um, now he's kind of moved up the ranks, um, which, is, which is pretty funny, uh, you know, after, you know, they saw the, uh, what he can do with luck. Um, so, well, you know, when we started talking, um, I said, are, you know, are you interested in Moncrief? Um, and he, he was, and then, you know, he came back, you know, a little back and forth. He had the two one. So what it ended up being was Jordan Reed, uh, and the two one, uh, for, for Moncrief, the one eleven and the one twelve. So it was really the one eleven uh, and Moncrief for Jordan Reed. Um, we only moved back one spot from the one twelve to the two Oh one, the oh, way I looked right. at it and to get did, that did upgraded tight end, to get a top three tight end. Uh, I thought it was a no-brainer to, to put on that roster who's hopefully is going to be win now for the next three, four, or five years. That makes a lot of sense. I would, have used, I would have done that deal in a heart, especially in FFPC. I mean, even if it wasn't tight end premium scoring, I would have done that deal. Who yeah. take a 201? Uh, we took uh, the – you know, you stole my thunder earlier on. Leonte Carew. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Carew, tell Carew. us about Carew. Um, Carew. I'm very high on him. Uh, you know, I, I think, like you said, Dave, you know, it's, you cannot deny the talent. You know, I can be patient with this team, which is nice, so I can just throw him on the bench. He's not going to sit on my – you know, he's just going to – he's not going to see the field. And just you know, let him just you know, hopefully develop, and hopefully the you know the cream rises to the top. I think they they need a number two. Landry can be the Landry can be the slot. And what if you know Parker's not the guy? What if Parker's foot is a problem? You know, I'm very high on Parker, but you just you just don't know. And I, I felt like Doxson and 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 Carew were very similar to me. Um, and I thought it was you know you could get Carew uh, basically a round later. Um, so I, I thought, you know, it was, I hated the landing spot, but love the player. Talking with uh, 2015 FFPC 500 number 14 dynasty champ, Brian Valenti. And Brian, your, uh, your co-manager, Al Joyce, calls you the, quote, brains behind the operation. What's your uh, dynasty relationship like co-owning uh, so many teams with him? Well, you know, I mean, the softball question when he's here, when he's not even here to defend himself is unbelievable. I mean, I could go in so many <laughs> different directions. It's sort of ridiculous, but um, he's absolutely right. I mean, it's pretty obvious, and I, and I think that what I need to do now is is in this public forum just to basically cut ties with him. I think he <laughs> needs to go. I think what he needs to do is, you know, Dave, if you have a promo code for Terminator, maybe he just needs to jump in that league and kind of cut his chops there. Cause I, I just got to get rid of him. He's 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 dead weight. Yeah, it, no, it's seriously. Sort of, it, it's sort of like. Um, 
like the owner sort of like going a different direction, like with the GM, like you're pulling a Jerry Jones. You know what I oh, mean? Like, totally. I don't need to hire a separate GM. Yeah, I mean, who do you I think wanted Zeke? Yeah, exactly. Not the GM. Yeah. No, I, that, that, that's a great point. So, okay, well, hopefully Alex downloads this. No, just kidding, just kidding. No, he's, he just he's, put, uh, when his he, password's he, no longer working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Change his password, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, Get him off. He, if if there's anything I want to promote on here, it's co-managers divorcing on the air so we can join more FFP. That's another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're just we got a whole series of them now uh, at, at at this point. I, I yeah, exactly. I'm liking it quite a bit. Um, no, he's been he's been great. Um, you know, I I I liken him to my consigliere. You know, um, I, I do do a lot. Um, I I I brainstorm and and think about these teams probably way too much. Um, and, but it's always nice and I'm, I'm a, I'm an affirmation guy. So it's always nice to be able to call somebody and I actually have another co-owner in, in a couple other FFPC leagues, Scott Munson, you know, who, and we just kind of go through it. And, and I always like to have that bounce off where, you know, you can, you can say yay or nay, you don't have to do the, you know, the dirty work that I'm going to do, but uh, you know, I just want to know that, that we're good with this decision. And he's, and he's given me a lot of good stuff. Um, when we first were in this league in 14, um, in the startup, um, we had just finished 11, uh, the 511 startup, and um, I actually had um, basically gone with the same strategy as I did in 11 and then switched to King Cavalier during the draft. So I actually had to get back my, my own first-round pick during the draft plus multiple other first-round picks. And, um, and I remember – having conversations, I was trying to get Alex because initially he didn't want to do another league with me. And I remember having conversations with him during, during this startup. And he's like, all right, listen. And he's a Miami Dolphins fan. So he said, listen, if you, if you want, if you really want me to be your, your co-owner, yeah, I think we were in like the 13th round or something. And he's like, you need to, you need to draft Jarvis Landry. I hear good things out of, out of camp, blah, blah, blah. So I did. And he's my co-owner and it was a great decision. So he's, he's, he's helped a lot. That's awesome. So speaking of the 500 number 11 league, you guys won it two years ago, took third last year, and then this offseason you decided to blow it up. I'm going to go through, again, another long, convoluted trade here. So Try to follow yeah. along. Get a pen and a piece of paper. There, yeah, this was a multiple there, – there was multiple, uh, multiple trades to it. Um, uh, you know, it, we, 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 won, we won 11 first year. Um, you know, with, uh, we were lucky enough to, to draft Odell Beckham. Um, uh, and we we decided um, to to basically blow it up. Um, well, not blow. I wouldn't say blow it up, but we at the end of this year we came in third. Um, Odell Beckham, week 16. I think we had like we were in the finals. Um, I think we had 195 points first week and came in third. So it, we like totally lost it. Came off the rails at the end of the, at the end of it. We had to start Ted Ginn week 16 instead of Odell Beckham, and Ginn got hurt in the first quarter. I don't know if you remember that. Like five minutes into the quarter, he was down, and so we basically lost because of it. Um, but we we knew we were getting long in the tooth. Um, you know we had uh, you know we had Marshawn uh, sitting there. Um, and we basically had C.J. Anderson, Ryan Matthews. This was before, obviously, you know, DeMarco left, um, and C.J. was back at Denver and, and now looking a little bit better. Um, and we, we started to get a little bit worried about our long-term future. We only had one first. Um, 
So I just threw out there, I, you know, I said to Alex, I was like, listen, if we're going to, if we're going to do this and, and go for the long term, let's, let's see what we can get for Antonio Brown. So we threw it out there um, and we got multiple offers. Um, I think one of them was Lamar Miller and a 17 first. And then we got a, a pretty good deal with uh, that we ended up taking, which was Jordan Matthews, um, uh, uh, Mark Ingram, the 1-8, and I believe the 2-4. I think we had to give him some other things on the back end, maybe like a, a couple, like a couple thirds this year. Um, but that was basically the essential. So now we had we had Jordan Matthews, um, we had Mark Ingram, which we were really happy about. We had the 1-8. We actually held the 1-2, also. So we. We kind of kept talking about it, and then another guy got on the board and said, "Listen, I've got I've got Devonte Parker um, and and, uh, and Kevin White, and they're available." Um, now, when he put up there, it was only ones available. So we we kind of inquired, and um, Alex, being a Miami Dolphin fan, wanted Devonte Parker um, and liked what he saw, and and me, uh, you know, just liking the tape of Kevin White and just how he competes. Um, and I didn't really own him anywhere. Um, so, you know, that's the, kind of the advantage of having multiple teams is where you can kind of uh, diversify, I guess you could say, or just, you know, get guys that you want on certain teams. And you don't have to, you know, if there's guys you really like, obviously you want to you hold a ton of shares. But, you know, if, if, if you, there's guys that are in between, and Kevin White is a huge buzzword, and, and nobody's really, you know, knows where he's going to fall. There's a lot, of, a, a lot of strong opinions on it, but nobody really knows. Um, you know, you, 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 you make those decisions. And then, um, we, you know, Alex came back and said, well, why don't we ask for both of them? You know, it wasn't even in my mind that that, that would even be a possibility. So we also had Keenan Allen. So um, when we started talking, I think, I think we kind of agreed. We're like, all right, we're just going to throw out Keenan Allen and Jordan Matthews, who are both young. So it's really young for young with us, but it was more that we wanted – Kevin White and Devontae Parker more than we wanted Keenan Allen and, and, uh, and Jordan Matthews, I guess. Um, and they countered with, uh, with that deal, but adding the 211. So we, we took it. Um, we had four picks. Uh, we had the one, two, the one, eight, the two, four, and the two, eight still. So, you know, cutting down to 16, we still had four picks to get back up to 20 in the top two rounds. So giving up the 211 to us wasn't a huge deal. Um, and we, we, we pulled the trigger. So we basically revamped our whole entire roster. Um, what we did, and you know, in that startup with the one two one eight two four two eight, was actually turned out to be my favorite draft, my favorite um, rookie draft this year. Um, you know, the, those top four picks, I felt were. I mean, if you don't have Zeke, the two, three, and four. Um, I'm not sold on anybody. I mean, I, I, if if I were to choose a number one, it would be Doxon. Um, Treadwell with his hat on backwards at the combine kind of irked me a little bit. I don't know what that was all about, but it left, left a bad taste in my mouth for some reason, a little prima donna ish. But um, uh, so I decided, you know, we just decided to, why don't we just keep moving back from the one, two? So we moved back from the one, two to the one, three. We got a third. We moved back from the one, three to the one, one, five actually, and got a second, knowing that we were getting out of that top four range. Um, but I'm pretty high on Kenneth Dixon, so we took Kenneth Dixon at the 1-5. Um, we took uh, um, uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans at the 1-8, um, and then at the 2-4 uh, we took Kenyon Drake. Um, not, you know, it, it doesn't sound like they're too high on, on Ajayi down there, so, so taking that, that, 
upside, hopefully. Um, you know, who knows how they're going to use him. He seems like a little bit of a different back, but, you know, he's definitely going to steal touches from Ajayi. I don't think they're 100% sold on him. And then on, with the 2-8, we ended up taking Malcolm Mitchell, who we think has, you know, a lot of upside in New England. So uh, we basically, you know, restocked the whole entire cupboard. It's, a, it's a, actually – it'll be a pretty interesting experiment to see where we are next year if we make the playoffs or – or, or how we land, but, um, you know, having Mark Ingram now um, as another, you know, top back and, you know, and basically having to cut Marshawn um, and have, hopefully having CJ back, you know, and, and that young wide receiver core, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do some things next year or at least a few years out. Well, that's great stuff, and, and uh, I, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty competitive team. We want to hear more from, uh, from Brian Valenti. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this in the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We're talking with 2015 14, number 14 league champion Brian Valenti, one half of the uh, champions there with uh, Alex Joyce being the other co-owner. And Brian, uh, you own, in addition to that, you own five other FFPC dynasty teams. As we're sort of winding down uh, these rookie free agent drafts or getting into the, at least the second halves of, of a lot of them, what's kind of stood out uh, as sort of uh, overarching themes um, in, in the drafts that you've seen this year? What have you taken away from the ones that you've done so far? Uh, for me, you know, the shocking part is just how uh, expensive 17 firsts are. I mean, I think everybody who's in a rookie draw, draft has seen it. Um, you know, I've seen things go for, you know, as early as a 1-5 straight up. I've actually heard 1-9 uh, and 1-10 for a 17 first. Um, so it, it's, it's really shocked me. Um, I, you know, I've moved back um, a few times and, and gotten 17 firsts out of, the, out, of the, uh, out of the first round. Scott and I did it a couple times in our league, uh, you know, basically from the, the, from the high 1-3, uh, you know, area and go back to maybe like 3-4 and get – you can't – I don't think you can go into the second and actually expect the 17 first nowadays, um, it, you, know, at, you know, at least in, in my experience. Um, you know, it's just gotten, you know, the, the price of doing business has gone way up. Um, I don't know if it's overhyped. I haven't really done my research that much on the 17s. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it just seems like a better class. Um, and, you know, people are making you pay for that. Yeah, I was really happy I dealt it. The only time I got a 2017 first this year was against a bottom six, I think considered bottom six team, and I gave up the 109. And I was like ecstatic that someone took it. Oh, yeah, I'd be, yeah. I'd be psyched at that. I mean, I can't, I couldn't do that. I, I threw I was, it out there. I had the 109, 110 um, in, uh, in 1250 number one, uh, and, and they could, I, nobody would take it. That was yeah, where the, actually the 15 went straight up for a 17 first, and I said, you know, as soon as that happened, I was owning, I owned the 14, so I felt. I felt confident that, you know, I'm obviously going to get one of my wide receivers. So I wasn't, I wasn't willing to sell it, but the guy right behind me sold for the 1-5, and now it's all of a sudden I knew as soon as that trade went down, the 1-9 and the one ten for a 17 first was almost like out of the question, uh, one or the other. Um, you know, it's it just it's, it's crazy how, how much they're being valued right now. Let's, uh, it's been great, great, some great dynasty stuff here, Brian, but shifting towards redraft, you actually, uh, you did a 77 already completed it. Um, you had the 11th pick in that draft. You ended up taking, uh, Demarius Thomas. We talked a little bit about him at the top of the show and I, I made the argument sort of that I, I don't know if things have, have changed too much with his fantasy value, despite the, um, the churn at quarterback in Denver, but what sort of a stat line do you see Demarius Thomas having uh, at the end of the 2016 season? 
I mean, I, I would think that it's going to be very similar to this year, like you said. Um, I mean, if you if you put together, you know, Osweiler and Manning's, you know, uh, stat lines, you're talking the 27, 22nd ranked uh, fantasy quarterback. Um, so, I mean, in that scenario, and he was the 13th wide receiver, Demarius, last year. So, I mean, if you if you in that scenario, I mean, that's that's probably his his floor. I would think. Uh, I mean, I don't think the butt fumbler is going to do worse than that. Um, but I, you know, who knows? You, you never know. I mean, he could. But you, you know, it's it's not a it, it, it's it's not that it, it's not that difficult um, to stay at 22. I think you know, with that defense playing a conservative offense, you know, he does the bubble screens. He's going to get his touches. You know, he's 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 a dominant wide receiver. I mean, he's going to create separation. He, his yak is unbelievable, and I, I just I just feel like that's his floor, and th- and that's basically why I took him at 111. I mean, this was early on. Um, this was I think one of the first. It might have been the first 77 that was was on the board Dave when you when it opened up and you know I, I you know I just jumped in just to just to just to have a little bit of fun and see and see where where people were falling and at that point I you know I was pretty confident that Osweiler was going to be you know under center um, but it, it didn't work out that way so um, you know that's probably why I took him so high maybe he, he would move down a few pegs in my book um, since then but uh, I, I don't think that much I mean I think you, again uh, you know you have to you have to look at the talent I mean he's been a he's been a he's been basically a top 10 wide receiver for the last four years obviously you have Manning there um, but you know even without Manning you know being a hundred percent the last year he was still 13 um, and, and a young basically a rookie quarterback uh, under center throwing him the ball and he, and he still was able to you know to basically be a wide receiver one Brian, one of the uh, most, a guy who's been one of the most valuable players in the FFPC format for really his entire career has been Jimmy Graham. Had all those fantastic tight end years in uh, New Orleans. He goes to Seattle last year, has the injury. You actually take him with the second pick of the sixth round in this 77. Talk a little bit about uh, how much you think he bounces back from that uh, knee injury he had last year. And what makes you think that Seattle, because they, they weren't really using him a ton when he was healthy last year, save for maybe a game or two, what do you think uh, changes in that offense that, uh, that Graham does become a, a valuable six-round pick again in, in uh, FFPC satellite leagues and, and main event and football guys leagues? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm, a big, uh, I'm a big value guy. So when, when he fell to that position, I'm willing to take that risk. I mean, obviously I'm not going to take that risk in the second round where he was going last year. But to, but to fall to the sixth round um, and, you know, you know, looking at, you know, Julius Thomas, uh, Bennett, Witten, Ebron in that area, I, I, you know, I, I basically felt confident, comfortable pulling that trigger with the upside. Um, you know, hopefully Bevel get, you know, recognizes his talent. You know, the Patel attendant, I, you know, I mean, we see what happened with Victor Cruz. So that scares me a lot. Um, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but I, I felt like, you know, if, even if he's on the pup list and comes back, you know, seventh week, you know, I, you know, with his talent and hopefully they can figure things out and, and, uh, and, and loosen the reins a little bit on Russell um, and, and let him go down the middle and, and, and hit his targets. Um, you know, I, I think hopefully he'll be successful and, uh, and can be, you know, a, a huge upside guy and hopefully get back to the top five, top three uh, tight end that he is. You know, I, you know, you would think that they, you know, they invested so much in him you know, that they've got to recognize the talent and, and, and put it to use. Uh, we, uh, we, we have time for one email Rob's telling me, so I want to, this is, this is the one I really wanted to ask you. 
um, Brian. This comes from John in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He writes, hi, Brian. From a dynasty standpoint, where do you rank Sterling Shepard in this year's receiving class? And from a redraft perspective, where do you think he ends up finishing among wideouts for this season? Thank you. That's mm. John in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Thanks for the email, John. Sterling Shepard from, uh, well, let's talk dynasty for him uh, first and then talk a little bit about uh, redraft. Uh, how do you view Shepard this year, Brian? Sterling Shepard, I'm, I'm pretty high on. Uh, I'm in New York, so I'm a, I'm a Giant, uh, you know, I'm, I watch a lot of Giants games. Um, I think it's going to be uh, interesting. There's a clear path for him. Um, you know, he's obviously going to be the number two there, um, you, you, you would hope. Um, and I, I think there's, there's a lot of targets to be had. I think he can definitely um, develop into, uh, in, into a really good wide receiver. I know they've struggled to, to find uh, somebody to, to, to pair with Odell. Um, you know, Victor Cruz, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, if he comes back, he might be the slot guy. But I really I'm – not, I'm not high on his chances to, to recover from this. It sounds like, you know, it's pretty – it's pretty bad, um, and he, he, you know, he spent all last year trying to get back, and then hurt himself again. So, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know his long term, um, and uh, you know, I, I was, I was laughing uh, when Eli Manning said, you know, uh, um, we hope that Sterling Shepard is a young Victor Cruz. Um, so, Victor is probably not too happy about that. Um, so, I, you know, I think. Uh, I think he can definitely be there where I would rank him. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's the top three uh, that we always talk about. Um, I think it's Carew uh, for me. Um, and then, you know, but that's a horrible landing spot for him. And then, uh, you know, then it's five, six is Michael Thomas uh, and, 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 uh, and, and uh, Cooper or what, what we were talking about. Shepard. Um, Shepard, excuse me. You know, Shepard and, and Michael Thomas would be my would be uh, five and six for me. And for as far as redraft, do you think he is a, is a, let's say a top forty guy this year for I receivers? I think so. I think so. Dave, will you want to bet bet me five bucks on that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. We've talked about Sterling Shepard a lot on the show. I don't think we've talked about him in redraft. Um, I know that, I, I think did? I think that's I I would think that that's an automatic. I mean he's he's got the route tree. He's he runs refined routes. Um, I, I think he's perfect for that offense. Uh, quick hitting um, West Coast, and I you know I, I mean it, it it makes perfect sense. I think it was a great pick uh, by the Giants, and you know I I think they know what they're doing uh, with the wide receivers. Although they've you know they've they've struggled a little bit, but I think the you know the last couple few years you know with Odell and and now him, I think I think he's going to fit that offense pretty well. Uh, you know they got rid of Reuben Randall. They're going to cut you know they cut the dead weight. Um, he's never really proven to to be anything. Um, so I, I think hopefully they can they can use him properly and you know and and getting a good route runner in there I think is going to be key. I think Eli will be able to find him and I think you know it, it, top forty I think is is uh, for me I would think would be pretty simple. I, I'm I'm uh, it's pretty close for me because I mean. Like top forty, sort of the cutoff for you. He's, it's right around there. I mean, he's he is a rookie, and uh, not to parrot Aunt Jemima's chat speech, speech here, but he, you know, I don't know. I just uh, well, but you can go ahead and parrot it because no, people are going to. That's what he said. He's oh, okay. close, and he's All a rookie. Right. Those are both really good points, and you know, like a rookie that has a really good season, like Watkins had like eight hundred and fifty or nine hundred yards as a rookie, and that was considered a really good season. And that's Watkins. You know, I just don't think yeah. Shepard's – I don't consider him to be that as talented as that. I have not drafted him in a single league this year. Not cause really? I've, I've not totally tried to avoid him, but I kind of 
wasn't but, the, but that's Dynasty. Well, I mean, we're yeah. talking redraft. You, you no, haven't, talking, even, but no, you haven't I, even talked about him I'm in talking, Dynasty. I'm talking about Dynasty. Yeah. yeah. I not drafted him in one Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Once. I no, took him with the 1-5 in a rookie draft. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem with that. I, I think no, I don't have yeah, a problem I mean, with it either. Yeah. I mean, once you get out of that top four, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, I, I really, when I, what I was trying to do really in the, in the, in those top four, I had a lot of picks within the top four. Um, you know, not, I only had one that was the one, one, and that was the 14. And obviously I took Zeke, but you know, other than that, I was really trying to, uh, to kind of move back. And if I could stay within the top four, great. Um, it was mostly what I was trying to do just to kind of gain value. Cause I think those three, uh, for me at least, are interchangeable. Um, you know, obviously there's better situations and, and, and there's pluses and minuses, I think, to each of them. I think the most prototypical is probably Treadwell, number one. But I think each of, you know, each of those top three, uh, Coleman and, and Doxon, each kind of have their, their, their attributes. And, you know, for me, I, I wanted to get the value out of it. So if I could get – if I could move from the 1-2 to the 1-4 and, and get like a third or a second, I was going to do that. And not and not really care who I got, um, and 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 go from there because I'm not really sold on. There's not a guy there that I that I'm totally, you know, ready to go with. I hear because you. Because I've seen, you know, I mean, I've seen it move around so much. Is that you know, all of a sudden I could be, you know, I've seen Treadwell go one four. I've seen all of them go one four. So I've seen I've seen uh, Coleman go one six. So for me, that was like, really dumb. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, you know, uh, Henry went one two in that in that one. That's crazy. Yeah, there you go. By yeah. the way, I did yeah. get crew at two twelve in one league. No. Oh, did you? Did you tell me about that one? I might have mentioned. Oh my time. God! I was pretty happy. I'm not even. Can like I get in that league? Crew guy in the world, but holy cats! Yeah, that was. That's insane. Anyway, so last question, my friend. We're going back yep. to redraft. Give us a guy that you're really high on this year, 2016 only, and a guy that is being drafted high that you have want nothing to do with. You know, I, I went back through uh, kind of, um, you know, where, all my teams and kind of, uh, kind of looked at, you know, who, who I actually, uh, you know, don't have on my team that's a high guy. And, you know, in the end, when you're drafting, it's, you know, it's the psychological game. Well, if I have this guy or this guy, who would I take? And for me, it was Alshon, um, which is crazy, um, but I just don't have him on. I don't own any shares of him. You know, I only played nine games last year. Um, you know, looking back, I always, in my mind, I always thought him as sort of an injury risk. But going back two years ago, 16 games, three years ago, 16 games. So I, I don't know if that's, that's, that's warranted. Um, but, you know, I, for me, I just, don't, I just don't own any of them. So when I'm, when I'm sitting in a draft, obviously I, I, I pass on them. And, I, you know, I'm not really sure why. Um, but looking, you know, I think that in the end, when you're, when you're talking about something like that, like who you're high on, who you're not, you got to look at your own teams. You know, what, what do I own? Um, and I don't own any Alshon. Um, in terms of, I just dumped Alshon. Yeah, you did. You just what? I just, I traded away Alshon actually. What'd you get? Uh, I dealt away Alshon, Austin Safarian Jenkins and Niall Diggs for Gronk. That's not bad. I would, I think that's a good deal. In FFPC, tight end premium. No, it was regular, but uh, my tight ends, ASJ was my number one tight end, and I had a bunch of receivers, so I felt, eh, I felt all right about it. Felt confident about it? Yeah, that's not a bad deal. I would, I would pull the trigger on that. Um, so anyway, not to interrupt your discussion yeah. with my stupid <laughs> Yeah, trade. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, what, what, well, I'm, you know, Dave, I, you know, we know your history of talking over guests, so. Um, <laughs> oh, don't worry. I do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, great. That's fantastic. Shut up, Bob. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I, I think a guy, I think a guy that's getting really underrated, uh, you know, and and sort of disrespected in this whole thing is is Jordan Matthews. I mean. I don't know where he's going to fall in redrafts. I haven't done many redrafts yet. Um, I love doing the DEs when I get toward my, towards my redrafts, uh, towards my redraft season in August, especially the higher end ones, because it really tells you, you know, where the value is and and what because those guys are all sharks and they're sharp, so they're gonna they're gonna pick the guys that 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 you're gonna see. And then when I go into my home leagues, I feel like I'm really ready to go. Um, and and feel like I'm the shark um, and and ready to 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 know where the value is and where to pluck it. And I think Jordan Matthews is going to be that guy. I mean, I, I'm I'm sitting in a in a in a uh, in a startup right now, and he just went four eight. And I you know I was sh- I was shocked by that. I I really thought that he would go you know at least in the third round, but to go four eight. Um, you know, I had moved out quite a bit, and I was actually going to try to get back in just to get him, but I didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll try to get him at, in some other way. But, you know, I, I think, you know, he, he's, he's shown his chops. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's going into his third year. Um, you know, obviously he's got to learn the new offense. Uh, you know, the read offense is, is, is not very nice to wide receivers, but Macklin did, you know, thrive in it last year. So I'm hoping that, you know, he's, he's the Macklin uh, there and, and, and they can kind of, you know, get, feed him the ball. You know, obviously he's going to have to play on the outside now, hopefully, and not in the slot, but I think he can get off the press coverage and hopefully, you know, be the man. Um, and, and I think he's getting uh, a, a little undervalued right now. I mean, I, I, I can totally see it. And, and uh, Brian, not just that the whole Jordan Matthews point, but you gave us a lot to think about tonight, a lot of great stuff, uh, both with Dynasty and Redraft. I want to thank you so much for carving out some time tonight. Hang out with us on Friday. Uh, this is fantastic. I wish you nothing but uh, more success in all of your uh, Dynasty Leagues, Redraft Leagues, and uh, happy Memorial Day, man. Thanks for coming Thanks, on. you guys, too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks Talk to you soon. Brian Valenti, fantastic guest, also a great champion in the uh, FFPC Dynasty Leagues. More than one Dynasty title under his belt. Most recent, of course, the 500 number 14 coming last year with co-owner Alex Joyce. We have a little bit more show to get to, but we can't do it until we take this break. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming up right after this. My name is Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak, and we are answering your questions here on the Fantasy Feedback segment of the High Stakes Fantasy Football. Our first email tonight, Joel in Mariana, Pennsylvania. He writes, I just grabbed Ezekiel Elliott in the second round of an FFPC 77. Is he worth handcuffing? And if so, who should I select, Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris? Keep up the mostly above average work. Thanks for the email, Joel in Mariana, Pennsylvania. So, Ezekiel Elliott, he's presuming that Elliott is going to be the man in Dallas, which I believe. If you are going to handcuff Elliott, uh, or if you think he's worth handcuffing, first of all, I think he is, and I would not draft Morris. Um, If it's a 77, uh, I could see trying to lock up the entire Cowboys backfield. I I don't think you're going to be paying much for Morris, but the guy I would go after to handcuff Ezekiel Elliott is Darren McFadden, Dave. Do you agree, disagree, or think I'm completely off base, per, Um, per usual? (laughs) <laughs> I probably wouldn't try and handcuff him just because of the fact that there's too many other people involved. So if Elliot were to go down, does it become a committee of McFadden and, and Morris? I have no idea. But that you're just, you don't want to have anything to do with well, the situation. Well, why should I have to dick around with it when it's like 
Oh, it could be Morris. It could be McFadden. Maybe this Darius Jackson guy comes out of nowhere. Maybe Lance Dunbar comes back. Yeah, who knows? So whatever, you know, whoever Jerry Jones is drinking that night determines who's going to start the next week. Who knows? I don't know. But there's no, you know, there's no Jarek McKinnon, which even McKinnon's not even, you know, a solid guy. You know, like, same thing with Jamal Charles. It's like, oh, sure. Spencer Ware. You need, like, a solid guy. Let's say Washington is is a situation where you have Matt Jones and you have this Keith Marshall but then you still have, you know, you still have Thompson as the pass catching back. So it's, it's really tough. Not to mention when they signed Pierre Thomas and Arian Foster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, you need a talented to, for me to handcuff at this point. You need a talented back that is, this, is for sure the backup that's going to get the carries, and that's not clear enough for me. Fred in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, loved the Would You Rather with Keenan Allen this week. Can we keep it going next week with Kelvin Benjamin? Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? All right, Dave, let's kick it off. Kelvin Benjamin, would you rather have him or Sammy Watkins? And by the way, this is redraft uh, that we're talking here. Kelvin Benjamin or Sammy Watkins? Watkins, I even off the injury. I, I agree. Kelvin Benjamin or Jarvis Landry? Uh, Landry. I agree. Kelvin Benjamin or Brandon Cooks? Cooks. I agree. Kelvin Benjamin or T.Y. Hilton? Hilton. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree there. Kelvin Benjamin or Randall Cobb? Cobb. I agree. Kelvin Benjamin or Jeremy Macklin? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll take Benjamin there. I would actually still go with Macklin. Kelvin Benjamin or Golden Tate? Tate. I'm going to go Kelvin Benjamin there. I'm just this Marvin Jones heat, man. Whatever. Kelvin Benjamin or Doug Baldwin? Um, you know, I really don't like Benjamin, so I'm just going to Baldwin. Yeah, I'm going to say Baldwin, too. I can't believe I'm saying it. Uh, and then Kelvin Benjamin uh, or Jordan Matthews? Matthews. I think you... Selected like the wrong, you know, it's kind of like when you're trying to get into the middle of like the mountain climber and Price is Right and try and you're well, you know, okay. Do you, and he do goes you, over the mountain. Do, I think you you picked the wrong like. Do you pricing. want me to do you want me to go lower? Yeah, we can go some okay. crappier okay, guy. Right. Okay, uh, Kelvin Benjamin or Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz. Kelvin Benjamin or Alan Hearns. <laughs> I guess I'll go Benjamin there. I would too. Kelvin Benjamin or <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring up the whole Michael Floyd discussion we had at work the other day. But Kelvin Benjamin or Michael Floyd. <laughs> I'll take Benjamin. I'll, I'll take Floyd. Fuck you saying a word there, David. Floyd, what did you say? He crushed it. I believe my, my exact words are Michael Floyd crushed it. Crushed it. Season. I'm like, crushed it? I'm like, he sucked. He's like, oh, he had like 10 touchdowns. He had six. And he's like, what do you have, 1,100 yards? He had like, what, 800 or something like that? I'm like, yeah, it was bad. It so was I, bad. You had, you know, and I'm like, I, I'm, and I'm like, Balky, do you own him? And he's like, oh, yeah, I own him. I'm like, oh, no wonder. Yeah, well, that, that's just what I do. And I was, I think I was just remembering how, how much he did crush it in fantasy playoffs last year because he was flat yeah. out awesome. Then. He, had, he had a good fantasy playoff. Um, and then I also remember saying, oh, I'm so glad this didn't happen on the show. <laughs> and then it happened on the show anyway. Yeah, we're back. All right, uh, email of the week goes to Bill in Pontiac, Michigan. He writes, Dear fellow trumpeters, after enjoying so many years of Barry Sanders, it's time to make Detroit great again. Riddick, Ridley, Zenner, they're great. They're all great. And by the way, they all love me, too. But I'm concerned with Amir Abdullah's labrum surgery. I think the time has come to build a wall between him and my fantasy teams because we cannot trust the labrum that is so badly out of whack. I hope when it comes time to voice your opinion at the draft, you will stand united with me and say no to crooked Amir. Thank you in advance for your support, Bill in Pontiac, Michigan. P.S. The best burgers and hot dogs are right here in lower Michigan. Happy Memorial Day. Believe me. 
Well, he didn't say, believe me, but <laughs> I added that. Anyway, okay, so there you go. So Amir Abdullah, uh, torn labrum. Uh, he is actually right going right around the same area as Theo Riddick in FFPC drafts right now. Uh, he is okay. Seventh, eighth round. I'll take I'll take Abdullah. So even coming off the labrum surgery, I mean, to me, that's kind of a significant injury for a running back. Uh, no, it's really not. Why, why now? Why would you say that? Because I've had a torn labrum, and I don't think it's a significant and, injury and, for running. And back. you're confident that that would not, if you were a running back in the NFL, you're confident, like even if I had surgery on that, I'm going to be able to do all the things I normally Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Really. Yeah, you know, labrum. I, I, I okay, can't. Remember when when Beckham made that really, really, really awesome catch? Yeah. Which like, one? And you go like yeah. that with his arm. That's that's what you can't do when your labor right. is messed up. That so how many times does a running back make the really 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 awesome stretchy arm catch? Never. They just well, I wouldn't tuck, say never, they but you're tuck, right. Tuck it under the thing. It's like and then or they you know get the arms up a little bit. It's no big deal. So he is still the running back to own in Detroit. In my opinion, yes. I mean, they didn't draft any other running backs. I mean, I know they have Riddick. But, I mean, you know, people tend to forget that Abdullah was this, like, uber-crazy metrics guy who didn't have the, he didn't have the fantastic speed. Right. But he busted off that huge run in the, rookie, you know, in, in the preseason. Everybody was like, oh, my God, did you see what Abdullah did? It was so great. Yeah. And then they were drafting him like crazy. And then he busted for so many players and so many teams and so many owners that now they're all super down on him. I Cla- think he's a post-type sleeper. Classic post-type sleeper going in the fourth round of FFPC main well, events last year, and now he's going in the seventh-eighth this year. Seventh-eighth, yeah. I mean, that's one of your zero RB guys that you could snag up. Good morning, Balky and Dave. Anytime Balky wants to come to my frat and take on my brothers and me, he is more than welcome to get destroyed by real flip-cuppers and not some backwoods bar Wisconsinites. Who are you? You, yeah, right? yeah. Good. you said bulky. Also, is the new Tyler Eifert the old Jordan Reed? <laughs> That's Kirk in Louisville, Kentucky. Kirk, come to the KFFFC, and we'll, we'll play yeah. some flip cup there. Um, but the point is made here. Tyler Eifert hurts his ankle in the Pro Bowl. Now he has surgery on it. Now he's questionable for week one. We're not going to see him in the preseason at all. And uh, this is what we saw with Jordan Reed. Uber talented, crushed it when he's on the field. Eifert's hurt again. Yeah, you know, uh, it's kind of like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, by the way, I'm, allow me to talk more about my one dynasty team. I'm okay. mad because I lost Eifert and Ladarius Green to these surgeries both in the same week. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's right. Do you want to tell the, the email that you got from one of the. Yeah, one days? of the guys is like, oh, is Gronk next? I mean, granted, I had those two guys and I have Gronk, but it's like, yeah, Gronk's going to rip his ankle open right. next week. They come in threes. Not anything else, though, apparently. You know, right. if it's anything, it's going to be an ankle. On the party show. What are you doing with Eifert? You're going to have to draft him blind in the FFPC main event. Yeah, I mean, he's, is he coming? At, I assume if he's coming at a discount, he, he has to come yeah, in at take, a discount. Yeah, I mean, I would take a look at him. Even though I don't, I don't normally like to do that, but I mean, if you can actually get a discount on, you know, that, this is what happened with Jordan Reed. You remember like, MJD like last year? Remember MJD like five, six years ago or whatever it was? He he had that injury coming into the season. I can't remember what it was, and he got. I mean, he was like a far none first round pick before that, and then he was slipping to like, like the fourth third, round, third, third fourth third round, round. Yeah. and and then people who drafted him ended up just crushing it and yeah. i remember i was so ticked off because remember i drafted mjd all over the place when in his heyday i love maurice jones you and then that was the year i didn't mm-hmm. and then i was like oh if i just would have just ignored this preseason <laughs> injury i would have done awesome that year and uh, as a result i only did great instead of awesome <laughs> but uh you know i recovered so eifert is going to be we should actually what we should do is when he gets closer to the start of the season we'll play a would you rather with him because that'll be very entertaining Final email we have tonight at Steve in Sugarland, Texas. Just got done to last. Just got done listening to the latest Rotoviz episode with Balky. Well done, dude. Thank you very much. Now that I know he is very pro Ryan Matthews, Dave, how do you fall in on drafting him in the sixth round of FFPC drafts? Beloved in Texas, Steve in Sugarland, Texas. 
So Ryan Matthews going in the sixth round of FFPC drafts right now uh, in the DEs we have. I am super on board with that. Your thoughts, Matthews in the sixth. Yeah, I can, I can get on board with that. Who is his major competition in that backfield? Um, to me, Wendell Smallwood. And Sproles, right? Yeah, Sproles is still going to have – he's still more of a third down whatever guy. Right, he's but I mean – I don't think Sproles – I don't think Sproles, if, if Matthews went down, which is you know, 50-50, right? Yeah. So 50-50 chance Matthews goes down. I would say it might be Smallwood. I think the Sproles would maintain that third down back role. Well, Maybe, I was – I don't know. I guess we'd have – I'm not sure. John Moore, who's the host of the Rotoviz um, podcast, the Rotoviz radio podcast, or one of the Rotoviz radio podcasts, we were talking about this, and he said, well, where was Matthews going before the draft? Because obviously there was people were talking, well, maybe they draft Elliott, maybe they draft a day two guy, and they didn't. He was going in like the eighth round mm-hmm. of our drafts before the draft. Now after he's going, in the, so he shot up like two rounds, mm-hmm. and he's going in the sixth round right now. I still think that's too low. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think he, I, I think mean, he'll move up a little bit. I mean, when you look at the fact that you know he's they have guard, with, they have guards this year. They didn't have guards last year. Yeah, no, six rounds pretty late. It's, it's really you know he could he'll probably move up like quite a bit. There's a zero RB guy for you right now if, right if now. you're if you're drafting in the in the Sats. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank Brian Valenti. Great, great guest coming on. A lot of great knowledge. If you didn't learn. Uh, something from him tonight. It's on you. I'm sorry because we we really appreciated him coming on. I want to thank Rob, our mutual friend producer, and I want to thank uh, Bryce, our audio engineer as well. Bit of housekeeping uh, to announce, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for next week, we will not have a Friday show. I'm hosting my annual poker tournament at my house with all my jackass friends from high school. Oh, I'm coming. You you can come if you want and play. You always dog me on it because I'm. I win too much money. Well, that's, that's very true. Uh, so really. we're going to do a show next Thursday at 10, 9 central. So the regular time, but we're going to do it on Thursday next week. So pay attention to that. Remember the main event early bird expires Monday night at midnight Pacific time. Get those deposits in and uh, get that free night in Vegas. Uh, happy Memorial Day. Your holiday weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. What is this small Rick? Balky has a small Riddick? What is that? Balky, I know you're trying to tape the stupid after show I'm not, crap. I'm not taping anything. You're so dumb. What does that mean, small Riddick? Well, well your wife told me that you have a small Riddick. All right, now you bring my wife up. Ah, on now you have to cut now it off. Now I have to end the show. Ah, thank you.